Excellence Expected, the inspirational business advice podcast. Hi guys and welcome to another episode of Excellence Expected with me, Mark Asquith. Now, this episode is all about cutting the crap, how to get things done and actually take control of your life. And that's quite a harsh thing to say, but do you know what guys? Sometimes we just need to hear it. And with me this week is someone who has managed to do that, someone who has experienced the massive highs and also the massive lows of running a business and not really knowing the direction in life. So with me this week is the founder of 4Networking. This is an institution that runs over 5,000 networking events per year. He's the UK's number one motivational speaker and the author of the highest rated and highest reviewed business books on Amazon. Welcome, Mr. Brad Burton. Mark, how are we doing, boy? Yeah, good. Thank you, sir. Not bad. Not bad. It's uh, it's a pleasure to have you. I was saying in the pre-interview chat, guys, that I'd asked a lot of people who they wanted to hear on Excellence Expected. And Brad, you came up top, sir. <laughs> That's amazing. See, you know, the thing is, it blows me away, that, because I, somebody somebody said to me the other week, um, oh, somebody was talking about you, and I just it just blows me head off. I just think, this is crazy what people are talking about me and, like, taking advice from me. I don't know. I mean, this will probably we'll get down to this, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm human fundamentally, and this is a life that, I've, that I'm on at the moment, which is just, well, I never expected any of this, and we'll get into that, Mark. It's uh, it's amazing, isn't it, where you find yourself sometimes, and you almost get that old imposter syndrome, like, how the heck did I get Mark, here? Why Mark, 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 I'm waiting for somebody to tap me on the shoulder and say, Mr. Burton, yes, you've been found out, piss off. So, yeah, believe <laughs> me. Absolutely. And that's what I want to dig into, actually, because I think there's a lot of people that do feel like that. And for someone like yourself who's achieved that high, high, high rate of success, I mean, 5,000 networking events through 4N every year oh, is unbelievable. Mark, 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 nuts. And I remember when I started that phone networking off uh, nine years ago, nine years ago, in fact, on February the 16th. And, um, you know, when we started that first group off, people laughed in my face and told me it'd never work. And you can have people, you know, your listeners, they've had people laughing their face or people telling them they'll never work or it's not the right time to start a business, the economic climate, the interest rates, blah, blah, blah. You know, I mean, this is the thing. You can do anything you want. And I'm living proof of that. I don't have a qualification to my name, not one. No qualification. I started my business off with £25,000 in debt, no income. Um, my wife wanted me to go and get a proper job. At least you know where you stand with a proper job. You know, look at that with CityLink, what's happened over Christmas. You know, 3,000 people have lost their jobs on Christmas Day. There would have been someone who would have been working Christmas Eve away from the children in order to prop that business up. And this is what the whole thing about what I'm completely about right now is about take control of your own destiny. Start your own business off. What's the risk? The risk is, you know, you're not going to starve to death. You're not going to start it there, but this is the thing. You can work for someone in the, in the way that CityLink people, the senior managers, they wouldn't have known they were going to lose their job on Christmas Day. Christmas Day? Nuts. So this is the thing. Run your own business um, and you're a master of your own destiny. And that's what I've done. I love that, definitely. And, and it's you're absolutely right. You're not going to starve. It, it, the, the people that right. are... They're just going to, they're sat there and they're thinking, look, I really want to do something with my life. And they'll get to 45, right. 50, 60 and think, why yeah. the hell didn't I? Well, this is the thing. You know, what is the risk? 
genuinely ask this question, right? What is the risk? What is the risk? Well, we can't afford to buy this, this and this. Yes, but you're not going to starve to death. The risk is this, that you end up doing a job like CityLink on your senior management money and you end up getting binned and then you've got to go and start again and you built nothing. The only thing you built is from week to week to week, your wage. That's it. You know, I don't have a qualification to be named, not one. I started my business off with £25,000 in debt, no income, a wife that wanted me to go and get a proper job. And this is the point. What's your excuse? It's now a multi-million pound business, international businesses that I run, and my books and the speaking and so forth. And actually, what's your excuse? What, what excuse are you telling yourself as to why you can't start your own business off? And this is the thing, is if I would have listened to those excuses, which is what I did for the first 31 years of my life, then I guess what? I'd be working at CityLink. But I changed, I did something different. I realised that actually, if I wanted the life that I wanted for my family, then maybe, just maybe, I'm going to have to make those sacrifices short term, medium term, which is exactly what's happened. And it's only a little bit of pain, isn't it? And I want to, uh, obviously, we're going to talk about that later. We're going to move on to what for networking is and how you mm-hmm. actually got there. But I just want to dig into that that idea of leaving school with no qualifications because right. that's massively inspirational. So tell <laughs> us tell us about that. I um, I remember I was a class clown, but I was really funny, right? Really entertaining at being a class clown. And I think that's a... And I think in itself, it's a nice trait to have, being an entertainer. And what happened is I remember getting my qualifications that came through my GCSEs and they opened the envelope with trepidation. And it was like E's and F's or U's. I can't even remember, right? I mean, my CV actually says it all A's and B's. You know what I mean? Might as well have a foreword by J.K. Rowling, my CV. Um, but it, it's... Um, I remember my mum saying to me, well, what's done's done. There's nothing you can do. But I was, I was, I was expecting to get shouted at. And that was it. I got no qualifications, but I've done all right. I've actually managed to blag myself or, or talk myself into some decent jobs. Um, and I think the world's changing now. That Actually, when I interview people for, for, for within my organisation, I get people turning up with um, you know degrees and tutus and blah, blah, blah. But the, the one that actually ends up getting employed by me is the one with the personality. So this is the thing. It's less important, I believe, in today's modern world uh, qualifications than it perhaps once was um, so the qualifications thing's never really held me back and I've used it certainly in the last 10 years as a vehicle to, to sort of push me to say, look, I've got no qualifications. I've spoken at schools, I've spoken in prisons. And actually, once again, let's just say that again, what's your excuse? No qualifications. And yet I started a business off from nothing, 25 grand in debt. And actually now it runs 5,000 events across the UK. <sighs> nuts. Even I'm, even I'm blown away by it when I sort of repeat it back to myself. Nuts, nuts. It's such a journey, and it's. I mean, mm. if there's if there's one person to listen to, if there's one journey to take notice, if you're sat there and you're thinking, right, this is going out in very very early January, so you've just come back from yep. the Christmas break, you're probably thinking, right, I'm going to hit the gym and I'm going to get a new job or I'm going to do that thing I wanted to do. Right. Just listen to what Brad is saying. You know, what is the worst that can happen, guys? It's you're not well, going to end I, I, up I, I, under a bridge well, somewhere. I'm yet, are you? Anyone, I'm yet to come across anyone who's starved to death. You know. There's a long way to go from the minute you get that letter to say, hey, guess what? You're going to get repossessed. So if you end up getting repossessed, that means that you've ignored lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of signs. Trust me, there is ways and these means. And this is what happened to me. I had all that. I had these letters landing saying you're going to get repossessed and this, that and the other. And actually, these things can crease you. You could go overwhelmed and go and get a proper job. Or you could do what I did, which was stay the course. Saying that, what I did do is um, 10 years ago, nine years ago, I can't remember, but I was delivering pizzas a weekend to keep my business afloat. And that's the other thing about it is that I remember probably 31, 32, people laughing and thinking, yeah, all right, you're delivering pizzas now. Now, actually, those people that were laughing at me 
you know, I don't see them running for networking. Do you see what I'm saying? So sometimes you're going to have to make decisions that not everyone uh, understands. Or not, not only that, you don't actually enjoy the things you're having to do, but it keeps you going. It keeps you on, on the destination. And this is the thing. As long as you never lose sight of your destination, you'll always get there. It might take you a bit longer than you'd like, but you'll always get there. I love that. Keep an eye on the destination and you'll always get there. And it's just to pick up on that kind of, you know, the discomfort, you know, I've, we, we've all been there. I've worked the two jobs when I was sort of younger and you, you, yeah. you do, you do have to do these things and you do have to take some of that brunt of people saying, well, why are you doing that? And, you know, some people do like kids in the schoolyard, you know, people will be laughing over the fence and so sure. on, but you've, sure. you know, what is it, is it realistic to just say, well, do you know what? I can shoulder this. I can do this. And anyone can do it, can't they? Well, listen, you say it's realistic to shoulder it. I mean, I have wanted to quit 10, 11 times in the last 10 years. As in, if you think about zero, not quitting, 10 quitting, I've been 9.8, 9.9, 10 or 11 times in that that time. And I've genuinely wanted to quit. And the only reason I not quit is because, well, there's several reasons, but specifically is I didn't have a plan B. This was it. That if, if, if I didn't make this one work, then I would go and get a proper job. I know I'd be sort of down that destiny there, really. Um, so I've just kept on it. And this is the thing that I find a lot of people, they've got too much cliff to walk back onto. So they'll have too much savings or they'll have somebody who'll bail them out. And actually, you never get serious until, you know, you're one step away from going over the cliff. So what I've always done every step of my way is I've sort of got rid of any safety net. And by getting rid of the safety net, which might be a bit foolish, right? But by getting rid of the safety net, you take things a whole lot more serious. It's like, you know, if you've got loads of money, you'll go out and spend loads of money on daft beer or daft food or whatever it be. But actually, if you're down to your last tenner, you'd make that count a whole lot more. And this is what I've always done. I've always made everything that I do count. So I've, got, I've sort of resisted the amount of resource that I've got. Uh, I, mean, I mean, you know, I actually look, what can I do today with what I've already got rather than when I get X and X? That's a really, really interesting perspective. I really like the idea that you mm. kind of remove that safety net. And let's... You know, let's talk from safety net to where you started 4M because, yeah. you know, you, you must have you must have just gone into that thinking there was a need for something. And just for the guys listening over in the States or out in Europe or elsewhere throughout the world, 4 networking is, is massive in the UK, as Brad said earlier, 5,000 networking events per yeah. year. I mean, think about that. That's a lot, That's isn't it? a heck of a lot. That's about 20 per working day at any one time. That's, That's right. massive. At least, yeah. It's crazy. So let's let's talk about four networking for a second. What is four networking? Where did it come from? All right. So for your for the for the, the, the Brits and also the Americans over there, think of it like in political terms, networking. All right. You've got a loony left of networking where nothing quite happens. It's all very nice business networking. You go there and it's <clears throat> people all in a room of a hundred people. And you really don't know everyone, and you're just looking for someone you know, and this, that, and that's just open networking. Then you've got the hardcore right where where you've got to attend, you've got to bring referrals, you've got to bring visitors. So you've got the hardcore, sorry, you've got the hardcore loony left, you've got the hardcore right. Where was the mainstream of networking? The mainstream of networking didn't exist. And I saw that opportunity. I went along to both the left and the right of networking, and I went, neither of these appealed to me. And it was amazing because I'm seeing people who don't actually enjoy going to the hardcore right of networking, yet they're attending week in, week out. And I'm going, why did you do that? Well, this is the best that the UK has got to offer. And that was it. I looked at a massive opportunity, a massive gap in the market um, to create this mainstream of networking. And what we've got before networking is a fundamentally different uh, networking format to any other network. Um, one of the things that I realized when I started my own marketing business, which is my first business, is the most difficult thing about running a business um, isn't necessarily running the business, it's getting appointments. 
Because actually, without appointments, your business is dead. So what we'd do, we'd pick up the phone, get appointments, or we'd send letters, or blah, 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 however you do it to get appointments. And then what you'd do, you'd have an hour booked in to see you. I'd drive for two hours to come and see you, Mark. And then one hour we've got uh, allocated. And then two minutes in of that hour appointment, you realise something that I can't stand you and you can't stand me. But don't worry, we've got 58 minutes of bullshit to go. And that's the way that business has always been done. And occasionally, you'll go meet someone, and you'll hit it off, and boom, you're in. That's the reality of it. Well, what we do at Full Networking is we have three 10-minute appointments. So let's say, for instance, there's 30 people in a room. Everyone comes, does a bit of open networking at the start, which really allows people to sort of yell and get into the, the, the meeting. Then you sit down, have breakfast. And as we do that, we go around the table and do 40-second overview. So everyone stands up. Hi, my name is Brad. I'm a marketing genius. What we do is this, 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 and this, this. And it goes around the table. And you're looking. It's a bit like a talent spotting competition. You're looking for people where you've got a good fit, either personality or product. And then what happens is then we then break, go and grab another coffee and you make your way to three people that you want to have a chat with and you swap your business cards, number one for number one. So I'd give you my card with number one and you'd give me yours, number two, number two and three for the three. And then you have three 10-minute appointments with those individuals. So you end up with three 10-minute appointments within group time within a two-hour period, um, Monday to Friday. And that's just the simplicity of it. The simplicity of it is the bit that's really fabulous. And the reason I created for networking, if you want the truth, is because I needed appointments for my marketing business. And I was into this whole six-week lead time to try and get an appointment and the inefficiency of actually driving to someone's meeting to, to then try and pitch them something which they may or may not want. And you've got to get beyond the personality. That's what for networking, in essence, does. But where it's different as well from any other network in the UK, maybe even America, is that as a member of for networking you don't join one group. So you don't join the London Central group and go there every Friday. You join the network. So you can go to Manchester. You can go to London. You can go to anywhere in the UK that you want to do. You book in online. Uh, and that's it. So you remember, and we know that you remember because it's all automated on the systems and you've got your badge and the likes. So anywhere in the UK, so you can go from where you are, Mark, to Cornwall, to Somerset, to uh, Scotland, to Manchester, to London, wherever you want. That is fundamentally different. So think of it in some respects. It's a little bit like social media, but with humans. It's a bit like um, Twitter for humans. You know, anyone, any, anywhere you want to be in the UK, you can be there. I love it. And you know, I've been to some of the events and I actually love that analogy about the left and the right because mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. When when I think about that, the, the events that I've been to, they're either not the four networking ones, the ones on the left have really misdirected, there's kind right. of not much going on, or the ones right. on the right are so strict that you think, good sure. God, I've, I've got to put so much work into doing this. But equally, you can go into a room and I mean, somebody says to me, well, the network the networking group I went to the other day had 100 people there. Yours only had 33. And I'm thinking... You've got this all wrong. And this is the kind of twisted mentality that people have got in business. So I said to the guy there, so of these 33 people in this phone network, and how many have you spoke to today? He said about seven. I says, well, when you're supposed to do the 25 or whatever it is, then come back to me. People have got it all wrong. Numbers isn't what business is about. Business networking isn't about numbers. Business networking is about people. If I don't like you and you don't like me, it's going nowhere. And this is what we're trying to do. So what we've had to do is an uphill struggle, really, in changing the way that people perceive networking. And nearly nine years on, I think we've gone some way of becoming the the sort of normal networking, the normal UK networking as it is anyway. I would definitely agree with that. Someone that's sort of on the cold face of business, I would entirely agree, definitely. And one thing that I want to pick up on, Brad, is that, you know, that that scalability, how have you managed to get that to 5,000 events per year? Because that's huge. So uh, running a networking group, right, is relatively easy for the first um, 10 or 15 groups within a sort of hour away from where you're based. Because if you think about that logically, it's, you know, when I first run for networking, 
it was nuts. I mean, we, you know, it was me running in lots of the groups. But as you start moving further afield, then obviously your 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 control and brand control starts falling off. Um, and what we've done, we've we've got uh, regional leaders around the UK, and these guys um, basically. Uh, manage a region maybe up to 20 groups and we have 20 of them results around the uk so these guys are our effectively senior management team and these guys look after for networking but the reason they look after for networking is because they love for networking that's the thing about this yes it's a business and it has to be a business because without money nobody would get out of bed and do it i get that right but fundamentally what we're about is about making a positive difference and it comes from my culture of me being a working class lad, no qualifications to be named, blah, 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 right? All that sort of stuff. Of going, you know what? I'd go into these networking events and feel intimidated by it. People would use the the, the big words and, and, the, and the, the, you know, the stupid acronyms in order to intimidate, not intentionally, but to intimidate. So, so what we've done before networking is we've created a genuine flat structure where the, the, the regional leader effectively controls the sort of um, subculture within the brand uh, around each of these regions. And it's great because we have this regional mix where if you go to, to Scotland for networking, it'll be slightly different, same format, but slightly different vibe to the one over in London. And it, but it just works. It just works. But, you know, that, that wasn't easy and it's not been an easy ride. I've um, About three years ago, I had a nervous breakdown, which is an interesting one because rarely anyone talks about this sort of stuff. But there's a price to pay for success. Um, and and in, in a lot of cases, it's success. You end up being ill because you are so driven about business, business success, that you almost forget about, one, your health, two, your family, three, the things that are really important in, in pursuit of this business success. And I know some people who are hyper-wealthy, as in hyper-wealthy, right? Um, and they're deeply unhappy. And this is the thing that we get ourselves in this this, this mindset where, if we can get our business to a level of success, everything else will be fine. And often it's not fine. So what I would say to your audience is, would you rather have a, a, a one million pound business and be happy, um, happy, married and uh, healthy? Or would you have a two million pound business and be unhappy, unhealthy and, and you know, divorced? And the answer obviously is, is a million quid one, generally. But this is the thing, most people don't actually question what price it is, it is to pay for this success and end up getting what I did, which was success. And I fortunately managed to claw everything back in terms of my health, in terms of relationships, in terms of my mental health and so forth. But, you know, as a business leader, me sharing that, um, I think people should understand that, that you know, it, it can, it can take its toll on you. It can take its toll on you. It really can. And I think it's important to spot those signs early, as you said, that there's always a symptom, like you said about the foreclosure, the, the repossession of the houses earlier, just like you get the letters and you get the little symptoms there in your personal life. You all, you get all the symptoms, don't you? You do, you do, but you ignore them or, and you mask them, whether it's drinking more, smoking more, eating more, partying more, you know, uh, looking at your balance sheet more, whatever it is, we end up masking stuff in our life and everyone's guilty of masking everyone's guilty of masking. And one of the things that I've managed to do, and I sound a little bit like a hippie now, but the last three years, the, the great thing about deconstruction of yourself is you get the opportunity to, to to rebuild yourself how you want. And I'm looking at the world completely different now as a result of it. That Actually, the things that you'd asked me three or four years ago that was important, you know, business success, honestly, it's so far down the pecking order. And when I speak at these seminars, I say to people, I said, imagine on one side of your room, you've got... Um, uh, an island with health and relationships and on the other side of the room you've got an island full of wealth gold beyond your wildest dreams and you're the captain of a ship which which way which island are you full speed ahead towards because i'm thinking most people would say wealth 
But actually, the further you go towards that, the further you come away from your health and your relationships. Now, what you can do is don't get me wrong, it's not all doom and gloom, but there is a balancing act. And I think that that's what my interpretation of work-life balance is, is getting a business that sustains your life and your health and your money, but also doesn't get you in the red with your, your health and your, and, your, and your relationships. And that's something that I've managed to crack now, finally, after nine years, sorry, 10 years. And I think everyone everyone needs to find their own balance with that. But it's having that, as you said there, Brad, it's having that confidence to stand up and say, right, what's right for me? Because there's so much personal development, there's so much hyperbole out there about just, you know, what is that perfect work-life balance for me? And it, it, how can anyone else tell you? You've got to find your own path, haven't you, with that? Absolutely. And generally, I think it's that back down to that piece about walking back on the end of a cliff. When you get, you know, one foot away from it and you go, oh, actually, maybe, just maybe I've been on the wrong path here. There is signs, and but I wouldn't have listened. And I was told about this by a friend of mine who's successful. I was told about this um, 10 years ago, the guy who actually started me off on business and, and, and sort of gave me the confidence to go for it. And I ignored him, not ignored him, that's unfair, but I thought he was talking absolute rubbish. He said, there'll come a point when actually money is irrelevant. And I went, yeah, all right. And that's because I had none, right? And right now I'm in a position where I've got every PlayStation 4 game that I want. And, and I know that sounds a bit daft, but I remember there was a time when um, the Grand Theft Auto 4 came out and I was £3 light. I didn't have the three quid that I needed. And I looked everywhere, down the back of the sofa, down the footwell of the car and all that, and I couldn't find it. And that just shows you the importance of money. And actually, I will, sometimes we, you know, the three quid now, it's like, yeah, all right. But actually, I've never lost sight of that. I've never lost sight of that. And that's why I value money a whole lot more and differently than I've ever done because I have struggled in the past. That's something that a lot of people can relate to. And it's, it's making sure that you see the, uh, you know, I love that, making sure you can see the value of the money that you've got, not just the numbers around it. I think that's fantastic. Well, you know, a balance sheet, a profit and loss sheet doesn't always tell the full story. And anyone who looks at a business and can be quite snippy about a balance sheet. But actually, you know, people have spent hours and weekends working to get that balance sheet. And, you know, it's easy making money on spreadsheets. You know, I've done that loads of times, but making it in the real world, that's different. And I've come across spreadsheet millionaires all day long, 4% increase there, 3% increase. Hurrah, we're spreadsheet millionaires. And I remember looking at four networking back in the day. And when I run those first 10 groups and I had them running as, as effective as any four networking group could ever be, because I was behind it and I was driving force behind it, you know, I scaled that up and said, hang about, if we get 200 groups here, wow, look at that, you know, doesn't work like that. Doesn't work like that. And this is the thing, but you'd only know that. You'd only know that by going through the scars. And this is what I talk about now when I'm when I'm doing my seminars and stuff. I'm trying positively to, to keep people on the path about what is important to them. What is important to them? Why are they doing a business? That's the other thing that people need to ask. Why are you running a business? Because if you're doing it, your motivation is because you want a Lamborghini or you want a, a 10-bedroom mansion or a patchy gunship with Hellfire Rockets. It's not enough. Money is not a big enough motivator. You need a reason to do it. And my reason that I do it, and every time it gets tough, is I promise my children I'll take them to Disney World, right? And that's it. So when it gets shitter, and invariably it does, boom, that keeps you focused. But if your only motivation is you want a Q7, nah. You get a punch in the mouth, you've got to get back up because you want a Q7. No, 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 no. So get yourself that why. Get that to why tuned in as to what you're doing it for. That's massive. Everyone, everyone needs the why, and it's something that comes up so, so much. And I love the idea about get, you know, you get punched in the face. You do it. Always happens in business. Invariably, sure. you're going to get smacked around, and right. you've got to learn to get back up. Well, and, but but also, why are you getting back up? Because this is the thing. If it's because you want granite kitchen surfaces, it's not enough. I promise you, it's not. Because also, if you've got a rival in business whose motivation, as is mine, is a benign one, and you've got a motivation that somebody who runs networking groups is to make a lot of money. 
I'll beat them to the punch every single time. I'll beat them to the punch every single time. Yeah, I love that. Definitely. It's, it's having the right reasoning. I want to talk about, you know, that, that kind of idea of, of, of really self-motivation because your first book, Get Off Your Ass, which is, it's fantastic. You know, in a world of... You read it? And, and, you read it? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's one of the books I'm, I struggle for time when it comes to reading. Yeah, and the title of the book has to grab me. And I walked through WH Smith in St. Pancras Station. So I'll get yeah. off your ass. Thought I'll yeah. have that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny. It's funny. It's funny because I remember once again, this is another example of this. But I was told that you can't call a book Get Off Your Ass by people who are informed. People who are informed in the publishing game said, you can't possibly call it Get Off Your Ass. And I said, why not? He said, because, you know, WH Smith and Waterstones won't stock it. All right. So I ended up doing it. And guess what? WH Smith and Waterstones stock it. And that's the thing is that, you know, you will get well-meaning people sometimes. You'll get informed people telling you you can't do such a thing. Such as me, I can't start a business off with 25 grand in debt. Uh, you can't write a book or get off your ass. And every step of the way that I've been told this, I've just disregarded these people, not because I'm being oafish or being bullish, but actually because I, I actually believed that I could call a book, get off your ass. I actually believed I could start a network off with 25 grand. Now, if I didn't believe I could call a book, get off your ass, if I didn't believe I could start a business off, guess what? There'd be no phone networking. We wouldn't be speaking now. You wouldn't have read that book from St. Pancras. That's what it's about. Think about it. It's all about your mindset. And if your mindset is defeated before you even begin, you're finished. And every step of the way, my mindset has been telling me, probably in some respects misguided, that I can do this thing. And this is what I said before, which is as long as you don't lose sight of your destination, you'll always get there. So I'm going to I'm going to write a book called Get Off Your Ass. You can't possibly do it. Go on Amazon. I say to your, your audience now, get on Amazon. Have a look at Get Off Your Ass under me. Um, it's a slight plug, but just look at reviews. It's the highest rated business book on Amazon. That's from based on a book that I told, was told that you can't write it. That's nuts. That's nuts. I think the interesting thing with that is it's and it's back it's back to that mentality. It's back to right at the beginning of the show we talked about cutting the crap, how to get things done and take control of your life. And that's what I love about that. You know, you you you've got a pragmatic approach, but it's not a pragmatic approach that's bogged down by what people tell you you can or you can't do. You you take the facts. Absolutely, but listen, people would. <laughs> I've had people say, "Oh well, you know, you're too aggressive in this, that, and the other." I'm not aggressive. I'm a pussycat. I'm an absolute pussycat. I spent two minutes of the day getting two spiders at my house. That's the kind of guy I am, right? You know, I'm not. I'm. I, I can't help the way I look, like a like a bank robber. But the reality is, is this whole the whole brand, i.e., me, the way I am and the way I'm doing stuff, is working now, and it's been working ever from day one, pretty much. But people are now waking up to actually that maybe, just maybe. You can be yourself in business rather than having to be a, a caricature of yourself like The Apprentice wearing, you know, matching pink socks and, and a tie because that's what is expected in business. No, 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 no. I walk around with T-shirts. Now, I'll tell you something. Actually, I was with somebody on the Times uh, Rich List um, the other day and I'm, I'm, I'm the way I associate, I was wearing jeans, trainers and T-shirts. These guys have got a shirt on and so forth, but they didn't think, oh, guess what? This guy's not addressed appropriately. And that's the thing. So I'm moving in these circles at the moment. I'm moving in these circles at the moment by being me. And yet, somewhere along the way, you know, the only people that need to wear suits are the people who've got some, something to prove. I've got nothing to prove, nothing to prove to anyone. The only thing I've got to prove is to myself. I love that. I, I've 
long been a fan of that approach. You know, when you come from, I, I came from a, a similar background to you, Brad. It, you know, it was didn't really have too much growing up. I've been in the situation where I didn't have the three quid for the for the PS3 game, <laughs> and you know, we, it's a really interesting problem when you're younger because you think to yourself, "I've got to be like these people." Absolutely. And you have to step away from that and say, you know what, I'm going to be me. And the, the minute you do that, life's just better, isn't it? But, you know, it's been a slow road. And if you think about me delivering pizzas nine, ten years ago, if I'd not done that, there'd be no get off your ass. There'd be no get off your ass too. There'd be no life business to easy. There'd be no motivational speaking. There'd be no podcast. There'd be no phone networking. And to get to C in life, which is where everyone wants to be, you've got to go via A and B. And A and B is the bit where it's tough. But people see the apprentice and think, actually, you can just go and wrap up for 10 minutes or you can go on the, the, the Dragon's Den. And 10 minutes later, you've got a quarter of a million quid. Thanks, Theo. The real world of running businesses is a, is a, it's a long, convoluted road which will, will, you will pay a personal price for it. And this is the thing, I'm being honest. So listen to my honesty in that I'm saying you will pay a personal price, but also listen to my honesty as well in that you're not going to lose your house. Listen to my honesty when I say you're not going to starve to death. Right, this is what I'm trying to say. Everything that I've said in this podcast for the last thirty minutes or whatever it is, has just been honest, been ladled with honesty. Right, you are not going to lose your house. You're not going to starve to death. So what's the risk? The risk is it doesn't work out. And if it doesn't work out, guess what? You can go and get a proper job. You know exactly where you stand. Look at CityLink. Absolutely, totally agree. And. Brad, that's fantastic. I mean, that is so, so valuable. And not only that, it's so genuine, which I think is fantastic. It's it's amazing to see that and that you've done so well off that. And I want want to just enter into the, uh, the, the, the closing section of the podcast, which is the famous Excellence Expected Actionable Takeaways. So actually, it's all about taking action. And what I love about you is you have that passion. So have you got three actionable takeaways to allow people to really step up and really get off their ass and cut the crap and start taking control. What three things would you tell people to do? So the first thing, the first thing is this. What I want you to do is I want you to set yourself three goals, a short, medium and long-term goal right now. So get yourself a pen and say, right, what is my short-term goal? My short-term goal is to, to go and get a client. Great. What's my medium-term goal is to do this. And my long-term goal, always have them. And as you complete your short-term goal, replace it with another short-term goal. And as you replace your medium one, always do that short, medium, long-term. That's massive. The other thing I'd say to your guys here is, and this is this is one that will, will require you to take the stabilizers off your bike, which is this, spend 100% of your time being 100% you, right? Because this is the thing, if you're a web designer and the, and the likes and you wear an ACDC t-shirt uh, outside of work hours, wear an ACDC t-shirt inside of work hours. But yeah, but what happens if... Hang about, what happens if you go to a client who likes ACDC? So spend 100% of your time being 100% you. And if people don't like you for being you, next. This is all I've ever done. All I've ever done in the last 10 years is be me. Right? People say my approach is radical. What's radical about being yourself? Nothing. And that's the reason that nobody can pick me, uh, can pick me apart because I'm honest and I'm myself. So that's what one of the things that your, your audience needs to be, be 100% you. Another thing is this. Get yourself a why as to why you're doing it. So forget about the goals that we just talked about a second ago, but why are you doing it? And if your only motivation is money, it's not enough. So do it for a reason such as this. My case, to take my children to Disney World. So when it gets tough, I know what I'm doing. To buy my mum private healthcare, which is exactly what I do. So get yourself a why there, that when you get punched in the mouth, you got a reason to get back up that is beyond money or money for yourself or you want a Q7. So that in, in summary, that's about the three that I'd say. And they'll they'll keep you in good stead, those things. And actually, if I would have if I would have 
been listening to this podcast 10 years ago, and maybe, just maybe, you just thrown that switch in me to realise the journey ahead wasn't going to be an easy one, which is I felt that it might well be. And, you know, your business plan, oh, I'll give you a fourth one. Your business plan um, is going to take you four times longer than what your business plan says. Sorry to break it to you. <laughs> I agree with that entirely. And uh, it's it's you, you never know where you're going to end up. So I entirely agree with that business plan because you've got to switch, you've got to change, you've got to respond. And actually, point two that you made there, spend 100% of your time being 100% you is fantastic. And just to share an insight with yourself, Brad, and the listeners, <laughs> I, uh, I closed a deal with a huge global brand. I, I own a design and digital agency and we closed a deal with a huge, huge global brand. And I purposely wore a white snake t-shirt. Did you? I did indeed. Wow. And the reason was, previously I'd had a meeting and it turns out the guy loved Steve, uh, David Coverdale. And I thought, well, hang about. I've been to a few white snake gigs. Good Pick on the you. t-shirt out. Well, it's a great one. I, I, I got booked to speak in Marbella by a 1.1 billion. That was it. I was trying to think it was 2.1 or 1.1. 1.1 billion um, dollar company, um, 500 branches around the, the the world. Blah blah blah. And um, I did my gig. And they had all the guys with suits on and everything uh, who was speaking before me. I did my gig, um, and I didn't even realise until afterwards. I did my gig, t-shirt, jeans, trainers, as I always do. Uh, and the the CEO was in the room. The CEO and the senior management team, I didn't realise that, uh, of the 1.1 billion thingy there. And my um, feedback forms came back, and I was the highest rated um, speaker of the, of, of the event at 97% um, positive. And, like, that was just me being me. So I'm getting booked at this high level, getting paid stupid amounts of money at that high level because of me. Whereas, actually, the person who does motivational speaking or whatever, wearing a suit left and right of me, they didn't get booked. So this is the thing. Be yourself. Be yourself. What's the risk? What is the risk that being yourself that people don't like you for being you? <laughs> Unfortunately, guess what? You're going to be you for the rest of your life. Get used to it. I love that, and that is a fantastic way to close the show, Brad. Listen, it's been a, it's been a real pleasure. It really has. That is one of the most genuine, honest, and frank interviews I've ever done. So, thanks so much. Awesome. I love it. Listen, guys, as ever, I'm going to put all the show notes and all of the links and everything to do with this interview, including links to Brad's books, including Get Off Your Ass, over on excellence-expected.com. And as ever, you can find, as I said, all the show notes and everything else to do with Excellence Expected over at the website. Thanks so much for tuning in. It's always a pleasure talking to you. So thank you again for pressing that play button. And don't forget, guys, the more you expect from yourself, the more you will excel. <laughs>